Welcome to day 68 of Rockcliffe's 365 Days of the Bible. Today I want to share a highlight from our readings, which can be found in Numbers, chapter 33 to 34, with the focus being on chapter 34, verses 54 to 56. You shall inherit the land by lot according to your clans. To a large tribe you shall give it a large inheritance, and to a small tribe you shall give a small inheritance. Wherever the lot falls for anyone, that shall be his. According to the tribes of your fathers you shall inherit. But if you do not drive out the inhabitants of the land from before you, then those of them with whom you let remain shall be as barbs in your eyes and thorns in your side, and they shall trouble you in the land where you dwell, and I will do to you as I thought to do to them. Land being divided based on need. Right, this was an intentional thought by God uh, for a couple of reasons. One, it makes sense. The larger tribes would need more space for their herds and for their families to settle. But we also read in this that it was um, decided also by divine lot. So within the larger tribes, uh, there were smaller sub-tribes, right? And so within those areas, they were then divided amongst themselves by lot, which means kind of divine. Think of it like rolling dice, but that's kind of a crude analogy, but it's the best that I can think of. Is They're casting lots to figure out who will get what within the greater tribe. So let's say uh, the tribe of Judah, which was large, a very large tribe. Uh, then all the tribes within Judah would divide up the land. And Lot was essentially saying God will decide who goes where within your allotted lands and portions. Are we content with what God's given us? Right. One, one of the reasons why this, I think, was an intentional move. I mean, everything by God is intentional. But I see the beauty in it is it stops infighting from favoritism. It stops people from shouting out, hey, you know, you gave it to him because, you know, he spent more time with Moses. Or, oh, Joshua was his favorite. Or, or oh, you know, Caleb. Caleb was one of the, the good ones from the last generation. And it, it does away with all of that. And... When you think about it, the ancestry of the tribes is the 12 sons. And what did we see amongst the 12 sons is we saw favoritism due to special treatment that was given to one. Favoritism. And so God does away with any notions of favoritism by saying the larger tribes get the larger portion because they need it and the smaller tribes get the smaller. And then within your big tribes, it's going to be decided by me, by divine casting of the lots so that no one can say that there was a teaming up. I mean, as someone with siblings, I can tell you there were times where some of us teamed up against other ones because it was advantageous to the end goal. Or there were times where the five of us would huddle together and send the one who was the least in trouble to ask a favor. And, and what this does is it stops all of that infighting. It stops all of that scheming. But on top of you know, how the land will be divided and, and based on need and then divine lot based on, on you know, God picking who's going to get maybe a, maybe a greener field or, oh, this one has a lake on it, right? He says, you have to drive out the inhabitants who live there. The Canaanites, right? The Amorites. Like. And we've already seen that it didn't take very long for Israel to get cozy 
in the desert with the Midianites, and and they were worshiping Baal, and you know, with really quite grotesque means of worshiping and perverse ways of worshiping uh, that pagan god of fertility. And the Canaanites also worship Baal. So God's already seen that coexisting amongst other people doesn't work for keeping Israel holy. And so he commands them to drive them out. And, and he even warns them, if you don't, those who remain will essentially be will be dangerous to you. They'll, they'll physically hurt you. Now, the implication, he uses barbs and thorns, but it goes deeper than that. It'll hurt them as a culture. It'll hurt them as a society. It will destroy uh, their integrity with God. And then God also says in the consequence of not doing this, because he knows, listen, you'll be enticed by their ways because they're easier. Their ways of worshiping are easier or more fun because they invented that God. And so they decided what ways they want to worship, and they picked ways that aren't holy. They're just fun to do. Or well, hopefully they didn't decide child sacrificing was fun to do, but I don't know. I wasn't there. But God then says, I'll do to you what I thought to do to them. In other words, he, he actually promises Israel, you'll, you'll be exiled or, or you know, put to death. And spoiler warning, Israel has a lot of moments where they don't do what God's asked, and it ends up being as terrible as God promised it would be. And not because God brings harsh judgment exclusively, though he does, to bring them back into his plan and back into a safer, more loving environment, but because uh, the people that they cozy with actually become quite monstrous and can enslave them and all sorts of things. So, my two questions to you today are, I'm just going to repeat the first one, are we content with what the Lord has given us? We should learn that. And two, are we removing things in our life that are taking us away from a deeper relationship with God? Or have we compromised in some area? My prayer for you is that we learn that contentment. And my prayer for you is that as you grow in your faith, that Holy Spirit convict you of areas where you need to remove things, where you need to come back to uh, a truer understanding. And it will look different for all of us, the things that we need to remove from our lives that are keeping us from a deeper intimacy with God. Drive out the inhabitants in your heart that aren't Him. May you be encouraged by the Word and built up in the Spirit. Join us tomorrow for another highlight. And until then, be blessed.